Welcome back to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm your host, Umbreen Khan. In three days, pandemic was circulating around the world. Not the COVID-19 virus, but the poem, written by Northern California minister and poet Lynn Unger. A friend on Facebook made an appeal for poetry that would speak to these uncertain times. And a few days later, Unger penned 151 words and put it on Facebook. What happened next was something she never imagined. Hashtag Lynn Unger was on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the poem found its way into countless sermons and electronic newsletters and text threads like WhatsApp. And when the Academy Award-winning actress Julia Roberts shared the poem, news outlets like the Chicago Tribune picked up the story. From the spiritual seekers to the deeply orthodox, people of faith and goodwill are seeking support. This week, we take a closer look at how leaders of different traditions are offering support in this time of uncertainty and fear. While each community has its distinct message, one thread emerges as they seek to bridge the physical separation, a common message. You are not alone. As we gather in worship today, let me offer a special word of welcome to all those who are joining us because your own Sunday morning services have been suspended. Please know that you are continually in our prayers and in our thoughts, and we will do whatever we can to provide um, provide resources and support as we navigate through these uncharted waters together. We are in this together. We are still the church, regardless of the suspension of our collective gatherings, and we will walk this journey together. The Right Reverend Marion Edgar Budd is the Episcopal Bishop of the Diocese of Washington, D.C. Wearing her purple Lenten vestments seated in front of a video camera on a couch in her home, Bishop Budd goes on to explain to worshipers that out of a great abundance of caution, She was self-isolating after potential exposure to COVID-19. Under her leadership and direction, the Washington National Cathedral, which calls itself a, quote, spiritual home for the nation, has closed its doors to parishioners and moved all services online. The presiding bishop, Michael Curry, appears. From his home in North Carolina, he joined the live stream. And unlike the Right Reverend Bud, Bishop Curry is seated at his desk. It's much closer to his home video camera, and it is far more intimate than standing behind a lectern at a church in an empty sanctuary. As I tune in to watch, it feels like he is looking right at you. He begins by explaining the inspiration of his sermon comes from a blog post written by a fellow bishop in western Louisiana. He spoke of maybe the need for us to be contagious with love, to be contagious with healing, to be contagious with help. I think he's right. The kind of love that seeks the good and the welfare and the well-being of others is the kind of love that Jesus taught us. That's the love of Jesus going to the cross. He didn't sacrifice his life for anything that he could get out of it. He did it for the good and welfare and the well-being of others. 
He did it to show us this is what love looks like. Not self-centered, not selfishness, but actually seeking the good and the welfare of others as well as the self, but of others. That's love. John 3.16 says it so well. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That kind of love must be contagious. And that kind of contagious love can change the world. We will fight this particular contagion and all of our pre-existing social contagions and divisions by the disciplined labor of love. Love working through medical folk, love working through leaders, love working through each one of us who can help and heal, maybe in small ways, but add them up and they make a profound difference. Maybe even something as small as voluntarily worshiping God online instead of in person, especially if that will help somebody else. Jesus loves me, this I know. Bishop Michael Curry's message encouraged reflection and thinking about a contagious form of love in these uncertain times. Rabbi Peter J. Rubenstein focuses on a slightly different message, one of patience and resilience. Community spread of COVID-19 that has begun to strain and overwhelm New York's healthcare system began in the heart of New York's Jewish community. Rabbi Rubenstein spoke from the New York Central Synagogue via live stream. We join him as he begins with a story. Once there was a farmer who, while working in his field, heard a loud crash followed by a splash and the sound of kicking and braying, running to discover what it was that had caused the disturbance. He found that his prized donkey, the most valuable animal on his farm, had fallen into the well on his property. Now, the well didn't have much water in it, so the donkey was able to stand with his head above the water. But because the well was so deep, there was no way the animal could climb out of the well on his own. The farmer also knew that the animal was too heavy for him to lift by himself, so he called upon his neighbors to come and assist him. They were also farmers. They came and... Together, they lassoed the front and back of the donkey and attempted to pull the animal up out of the well. But the donkey was just too heavy. And sensing itself trapped in the well, the animal began kicking violently and braying loudly. The farmers looked on helpless until one of them said, We can't allow this animal to continue to suffer. Perhaps we should begin to bury it. And so each of the farmers took a shovel and began to shovel earth into the well on top of the donkey. The first shovel full of earth landed on the donkey's back. And he looked up and he said to himself, My God, they're going to bury me. 
I'll return to the story of the donkey in a moment. Trust me, it ends well. But I share it with you tonight because right now I think a great many of us feel just like that donkey. That one shovelful of bad news has landed on our backs after another. We feel as if we are at the bottom of an abyss with no way to climb out of it. Now, sadly, we are not able to come together face to face tonight as we normally would do. But that doesn't mean that we can't be present for one another. Perhaps the celebrations will be more intimate, but they will continue. And we will continue to be present for our members in moments of difficulty as well. And we will begin to reach out to the most vulnerable within our congregation to see how they are faring, to make sure that they have everything that they need. We need to reach out to the others in our community, our friends, our families, certainly, but also our neighbors and those we know around us who may be especially vulnerable, to call them, to check in on them, to make sure that they have what it is they need, and simply to let them know that though they may feel isolated, they are never alone. The Hasid, Menachem Mendel of Rymanov, taught that human beings are God's language. When we reach out to those around us in need, we speak for God and we do God's work in the world. When we conclude a book of Torah, as we will next week, our tradition has us say these words, chazak, chazak, venit chazek. Be strong, be strong. We will strengthen each other. So I return to the story of the donkey. The first shovelful of earth landed on the donkey's back, and he shook it off. Shovelful after shovelful, the donkey would shake the earth from his back to the ground, and slowly the ground in the well began to rise. And so, over time, step by step, the donkey was able to climb out of the well. It will take time. But day by day, step by step, we will climb out of the darkness in which we find ourselves to the light of a better day. And chazak, chazak, venit chazek. We will do it together. The theme, We Will Do It Together, is a refrain heard in many pulpits and from public health officials. One Presbyterian preacher from Madden, Mississippi, sees these two messages as the same. You cannot profess to love your neighbor and at the same time ignore the public health directives that keep your neighbor safe. For Reverend McCall, this is deeply personal. His 14-year-old son, Andrew, is immune compromised. He's battling leukemia. In a Facebook live stream video, McCall shares what it's like to live in these times and makes a special appeal. And just to set it home, just the reality, it could be Andrew, the one you know who dies from this outbreak, could be Andrew. And if it's not Andrew, it'll be another Andrew in your life. That's just the reality. 
And so we, we fight this thing. We live under it. If you're getting your direction from a news show or a news host or even a politician, especially a politician, then you're in too much danger already. Pay attention to the CDC. Listen only to not merely doctors, but listen to actual infectious disease doctors. They're the only ones who really know. And they only know so much. And so that's living the high-risk life, leukemia life, during a pandemic. But in the end, so much of that is just living life in gym. So with that, Andrew's doing well. We, when we're not thinking too much about it, we're not worrying too much about it. Uh, We're just going through it. We're following the instructions. We would have had church today because, well, we're a real small little church, so we don't count as a large gathering. We count as a small group. And uh, we honored the governor, though, today and, and changed and, and, and didn't meet. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine for us to do those things. We, we're functioning. It's, we're heightened, and it's a reality. And so as we all live through this, live through it together, um, That's what it means to be us right now. And I share that genuinely. Very little to be about us. The Lord willing to be a voice for the other Andrews and their families. The ones you haven't thought about yet. The ones with asthma. The ones with severe allergies. The ones that are disabled in other ways. It's just broader and the risk level is just higher than what we realize if we don't intentionally think about it. And so praise God from whom all blessings flow that he sustains us through everything. Reverend Perry McCall is using every pulpit he can find, from live stream to local news, to urge fellow residents to think about their immune-compromised neighbors. A personal note here. I know Perry. We went to high school together in Tennessee. We lost touch decades ago, and then, well, Facebook came along, and we reconnected. Perry regularly posts updates about Andrew and his progress. But this video, this live stream, was different. When I reached out to ask permission to use it in this episode, I asked Perry why he made this appeal and why now. His answer was simple. It was for all the Andrews. In this segment, we heard from the Right Reverend Marion Edgar Budd, the Episcopal Bishop of the Diocese of Washington, D.C., and the Most Reverend Michael Curry, presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church from a live stream broadcast from the Washington National Cathedral and their respective homes. 
Rabbi Peter J. Rubenstein spoke from the Central Synagogue in New York City, where he serves as Rabbi Emeritus. And Reverend Perry McCall, a pastor at Carolina Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, Mississippi. He recorded a live stream sermon from Leak Academy, where he is also a Bible and American history teacher in Madden, Mississippi. If you joined us late or want to get the full episode and links to the full live streams featured today, visit interfaithradio.org. Coming up after the break, we hear messages from a Friday khutbah or sermon from the Islamic Center of Southern California that focuses on gratitude, a message from Pope Francis reciting the Lord's Prayer, and a mindful meditation from Tara Brock, an American psychologist, meditation teacher, and author who explores how to navigate fear with compassion to awaken the heart and much more. This is Inspired. Stay with us. <laughs> 